Blue Tiger Revenge, brought to you by Narpig. Hit the music. smell that do you smell that smells like revenge that's right the smell of revenge is in the air blue tiger podcast returns the revenge we're back that's right that's right it's been a long hiatus i think what six weeks something like that yeah it's been a minute yeah but the stripes are back the, the apex is back in the forest, That's and right. all the prey is running for its life because it knows. They know. It, it's end of days, baby. It's end of days. The end of days, the intellectual dark web of comics podcasting is back. That's right. Oh, man. It feels and so good. So, it's so not, much shit. It's to not talk even about. that we're back, too, but we're on a whole new platform now. Whole new platform. Yeah. Substack, YouTube. You name it. We got a bunch of other stuff that we'll highlight in the notes, but this is just the the the, the virgin return. That's right. We're 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 basically building an empire here, folks. Yeah. Tiger Cubs. We are. We are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're re- we're ver- <laughs> we're reborn virgins. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's right. You know what? Let me do introductions just Let's for do old it. time. I am comic book creator Tagalusha, and with me is the king of beards, the man himself, fresh from basketball practice, Yeah, Big Brian Bales. There I am. It's going, man. How's it feel? I'm tired, man. Those kids wear you out. It's chaos. Yeah, you're you're like, you're the coach, right? I am. I am the coach of kindergarten and first graders in basketball. So you can imagine it is just... Pure chaos. I'm surprised I have a voice, you know, because you just have to talk so loud the whole time. And yeah, but it was fun. It was fun. We got our first game in the morning. Um, nice. And our, our our name is the the Blue Tigers. So oh, I love it. So yeah. basically, it's sponsored. Yeah, We're yeah. Sponsoring a We're sponsoring team. a basketball team. That is correct. No, <laughs> the best kind of sponsor. And you know what? And this podcast happens to be sponsored by something. That's right. That's right. Who is it? Uh, who's it sponsored by? It's sponsored by Narpig, a brand new imprint right out of Alaska Zone. Tagalusha. That's me. That's you. I started it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And that's where so, uh, Operation Blue will be coming out of. So that's right. Right now at tagalusha.com, the very first zine. Or first comic, or whatever you want to call it, from Narpig is available. Yeah. So we'll have links in the notes, but that's not what we're here for. No. We're here. But you know what? I just realized though, on what? this pod, you and I right now, this is the, the 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 creative operators in Narpig right now is you and me. Pretty much. Yeah, I love that's it. That's it. I love it. It's 
it's kind of it's kind of insane. It's yeah. kind of insane what we're doing here. Yeah, it's going to be big this year. I think 2022 is going to be kind of insane. Yep. The, 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 we've taken off from uh, from the landing strip. We've put it in gear. Autopilot's not working anymore. So yeah. we have to take the helm and just. That's right. Let's see where. Let's see. Let's find an island out there to land on. <laughs> That's right. It's the revenge tour. The revenge tour is happening. That's right. So get get ready. Uh, well, we've got a kind of a, a wonderful guest today. He yeah. he's an old friend of yours, a new friend of mine, because mm-hmm. he happens to be a new neighbor of mine, which is insane. That is wild. Yes, yeah, so wild. Uh, but uh, yeah, why don't we? Uh, he's probably waiting. So why don't we bring him on, and then we can talk about this and that. We got we got so much pop culture stuff to catch up yeah. on comics. I should probably talk about we should talk about conventions because I just I just got back from one which so did was I. crazy. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Why don't we bring bring our guest in? Let's do the it. first guest of the Revenge Tour. Check one two. And we're back with, like I said before, an old friend of Bry's and a new friend of mine. That's right. And a new friend of yours, Tiger Cubs. That's right. We're So everybody put your paws together and welcome writer, film critic, neighbor, Ron Trimbath. How's it going, man? What's up, dude? Hey, glad to be here, man. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah, dude. Heck we've been yeah. we've been talking we've been planning this for a while now it seems like yeah that was <laughs> yeah first episode back we have you so I'm I'm stoked I uh not gonna lie it's it's a lot of pressure you <laughs> put a lot of pressure on me I'm glad you that's didn't right. tell me till like two hours ago good that's, that's right cool <laughs> good I'm glad that's uh that's, that's what I'm how here we for. roll man yeah yeah so you're currently writing for Movie Hole and what Scare Magazine are those both out of Australia. Uh yeah, they're uh they're uh run by the same people out in Australia. That's awesome. Okay. And, uh they're kind of using me for my uh American privilege at this point to be able to <laughs> get into theaters and actually see something. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz they're they're a bit more locked down than the rest of the world. So, oh, really? Okay. How'd so what are they, what are you doing you for them? that gig? Oh. Oh, sorry, bro. I go. Uh actually it's um uh, I've been working with the PR company. Uh, shout out to October Coast, by the way. They're they're amazing. They've been working with them for years, and uh, they recommended me to them. And they said, as soon as I applied for it, they're like, yeah, hey, by the way, have you seen Shang-Chi? Because we can't. So <laughs> they wanted me to do something on that one, and I happened to have literally seen it the day before and uh, worked on a piece of that. Uh, before they were, the country was even able able to see it, wow. and uh, started from there. And right it's on, uh, been a good good little right, working well, relationship so far. I'm gonna have to put you on the spot then. Give us the lowdown on Shang. Was it Shang, how you say Shang Chi? Shang Shang Chi. Shang Chi. Give us the lowdown. There's a whole inside joke in the movie about that too. If you yeah. haven't seen it yet, yeah, I have. <laughs> I have seen. I just watched Black Widow. Like. Less than a week ago, Ugh, so gotta, that's how far gotta, I'm, I'm behind. I would say you got to catch up, but I'm literally just starting out with all this stuff. I 
explain that later. But yeah, Shang Chi was great. I love it. Yeah, it might very well be my favorite Marvel film. Same. Yep. Wow. It might be because I like martial arts. Yep. I, I enjoy martial arts films, and it's so good. Just it, it has so, all the elements. Yeah. It was essentially if you love. It was a, uh, it was like an old school Bruce Lee movie, but exactly, Marvel. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. It, yeah, and oh, I, wow. I'm not that well informed, but it's it's the same people as Jackie Chan, correct? I believe like so. Yeah, same, that chore- choreographed everything and all that. Yeah. 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 Oh wow! So like, so know. they did the nice like pullback and actually showed the fight sequences instead yeah, of the, no the quick cuts. Cut, 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 cut. There was none of that. Yeah, it was like yeah, good, really good fight scenes. I heard something. There's a there's a whole scene that takes off on some uh, scaffolding that mm-hmm. apparently you should see it in IMAX because it was shot in IMAX. I didn't see it in IMAX, yeah. but it was still incredible. But wow. it was, I, yeah. You know, I can't do IMAXs anymore, and it's not because How I come? don't. It's not because I don't love the IMAX screen. I do. It's the chairs. I'm spoiled because the, we have a century mark here <laughs> that has the like. Leather recline, electric recliners. I mean, wow. Listen, first world yeah. problems. Yeah, Jeez. first world problems. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's a Alaskan thing up here. They still have Regal Cinemas. Oh yeah, which I heard don't exist much in the states anymore. We have one here, <laughs> or the rest of the states. Yeah, but uh, that's where all the yeah, IMAXs are in Regals. Okay, I paid yeah. for a Regal Plus or something like that, mm-hmm. and it turned out it's just H. It's just two. 2D, but you get a comfy chair, and you know what? It's it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm fine. Comfy, I'll do it. <laughs> comfy chairs are everything when you're in the movie Ugh. theater. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I'm, we're, getting, we're getting old, money Brian. To be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, how did you? I I mean, you and I have talked. We got coffee a couple weeks ago, and we hung out for a good couple hours, chit chatting and whatnot, and. Uh, You've been writing for, I mean, pretty much since you got out of high school, right? Like writing for different magazines and publishing and all that kind of stuff. Like you even have a book, correct? Yes, I do. You can Why find it we, almost uh... nowhere. Uh, it's out there. So, I mean, and I know you were a big, you're a big music guy. So was that kind of, was that kind of your like in into the whole writing? Yeah, it, uh, it kind of started cause I, uh, I moved away from uh, the Northwest where I grew up, and uh, I was living in South Dakota of all places, and Jesus. got real, real homesick. And yeah. uh, a lot of friends of mine were uh, they were into music and and, and playing because we were still young and in our twenties and hadn't you know completely given up yet. Yeah, so they <laughs> That's were. That's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, so we were. You know, I wanted to get into uh, learning more about the music from back there. So I found some, it was around the MySpace era, actually, about 2007. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I started a, uh, a MySpace page where I was just kind of writing about, writing blogs about different, like, small acts and stuff. And uh, and then some, uh, some uh, blogs started hitting me up because it was about the dawn of that era. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I started writing for uh, some different pages, different blogs, random ones out of just anywhere. And uh, I started writing uh, pretty regularly for uh, fencepost.com around 2009. And it was actually a a pretty popular one 
around oh, that cool. time. At what least kind of for, stuff were you writing? Just mainly, I started with just album reviews. Literally just, just yeah, it was back in the day where we I was still getting physical media in the mail. I was getting, yeah, yeah. I was like getting BMG things. and all that kind of stuff. Well, no, yeah, no, uh, like promos. Like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that's how they did it. There was, they weren't really doing the digital streaming music at that time. So I was just getting like, like a couple, like 100 CDs a month. Wow. <laughs> and just, listen to them and and i'd listen to them read a like a physical press release which is all for now because just one email can handle all that yep yeah <laughs> um uh, yeah like it, it's wild to look back at some of the bands that did come around there like 99.5 percent of them yeah they're they're working at a corporate job right now they're not doing anything but yeah. I did occasionally. I got the uh, the Portugal the Man. Oh, cool! I learned man. about them back in '09. Yeah, and uh, a Saint Vincent and uh, some bands like that. But I have no idea who you're talking about. But that's okay. Portugal, Portugal the, the Man. man. You no, know. you, you yeah. know they they have this one song that's over a billion plays on Spotify, and I had no idea it was them. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're but, they're from like just up the road yeah, from me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did a little, little meet and greet at a local bar a few months oh. ago. They were pretty cool. Did you meet them? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool, a man. A couple of, or like three of them. They, yeah. they were all very nice. I was wearing a Trailblazers hat, and they were like, oh, dude. Nice. I'm like, you're actually from here. You're not from Portland. We know that. We don't believe <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but they that's... need some, They need a team, you know, so there's, there's you guys got nothing up there, so... You know, that's true. We'll take them. Yeah, everybody up here wears Alaska themed clothes. Yes, and I'm I'm pretty certain it's because we they don't have a sports team up here. Yeah, if they did have a team, maybe they would stop just shirt that just says Alaska. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't remember that in Washington. Anyone saying like Washington just across no, their shirt? That's the equivalent of like driving a Honda Civic and then having Civic. Like huge <laughs> decal on your uh, on your windshield on the top. It's like yeah yeah man. yeah man. We know hey. we know that's a Civic, yeah. bro. Our our exactly. sport is our sport is fishing, man. That's what we that's, do. That's true. That's it's why you see it. everybody wearing shirts with like salmon and shit on it. Like that's, that's what they celebrate. And then you delicious. get the you know that's right. And you get the real like like wild guys that are like, well, I celebrate the bear. I'm team bears all the way, man. So you know, <laughs> yeah. That's great. Speaking of that, before I forget it, we live in Eagle River. Why is my kid's high school the Eagle River Wolves? <laughs> are there are there any wolves here? And yeah. Why, actually, why did yeah are there actually? Why did they not get at? the Eagles? They should have just been able to take over whoever in uh, the Eagles. It's it's crap. <laughs> not. I think it was a couple few years ago. Man, they had a wolf pack that was down in your area, like down by the river, that was like oh, snaking cool. people's dogs yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my first winter here, I actually uh, the wolves were right up here. Where we live, right up. I don't know. Probably if yeah, you were to look north of where you guys are at, you know, there's the mountain range there. Oh yeah. And there's there's that nice big saddle. I live right underneath that, and there was a there was a pack that was up there, and I had the dog out, and you could hear him howling and stuff, and my my dog was like, "Whoa, what the? Whoa, I don't think I want to mess with that." Like, I want. Oh, cool! I have. I got a whole new set of fears around here. Thanks, man. That's yeah. Anytime. It. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> to hell. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's September. We got like a foot of snow in the last Jesus day. Christ. We got like bears. We got moose. We got wolves. Everything. Yeah, everything wants to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly true. <laughs> Good old but I love Alaska. But it is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, it's cool. We're just we're playing. We're just having some fun. We live up oh. here. We get to joke about it. That's right. That's right. Um, and then. So when I first met you, you were doing, you were right. You somehow made the transition from music reviews to movies over to, to movies. And you were doing, what was it? Oh, man, I'm blanking on I know the, it. train wrecked society society. Train, that's oh, train wreck D society. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, actually, um, that came about, um, just shortly after the book, um, back in, Actually, Jesus, I was just thinking about it. It was September 2010. I was uh, did my Kickstarter for a book project. Wow. Damn, which, you're like a Kickstarter OG. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I take that pride with pride. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Like, it was an old, old school way. Nobody knew what Kickstarter was. But uh, I, had, um, I had this idea to do an anthology book and a uh, compilation album based off, uh, you know, about three years of talking with musicians in, in the independent world. And uh, I was like, I'm going to get all these people. We, I gathered a bunch of stories, and we uh, made an anthology of just a bunch of little things. Based on the title, we called it Children of Mercy, Tales and Teachings from the World of Independent Music. So oh, interesting. It was, it was a bunch of essays all put together. I got it in a book, and then uh, we made an album that uh, a compilation album that I used through uh, uh, the Beachfield record label out in Maryland, which oh, cool. no, no longer exists. But uh, if you want to look up on iTunes and Spotify, uh, the Children of Mercy album is still out there, and it's nice. it's oh shit, it's a banger. It's it's real good. I so still, we could, could we we could put a link in that in the notes, then couldn't we, Bri? Uh Yes, we could. We should yeah. do that, man. Let's That'd do it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, we had um, w- between the book and the album, I had some great people that uh, just volunteered. Uh, we did all; it was all charity. We gave uh, we gave all the money that barely uh, came in to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Awesome! Oh uh, wow! It wasn't a lot, but I mean, we got it out there, and you know, it was successful. It came out, but uh, after that book came out, I got this. Uh, opportunity to do a interview with college magazine okay. which it's just something that circulates throughout colleges across the country yeah. or something like that to talk about the project and they were doing these interview or uh, questionnaire based interviews where i just basically had to i just filled out some questions and um or answers to some questions and they printed it and i was oh, like cool I was like, I could totally do that because I've been moving around the country. Like, at that point, I was I was down in uh, I had moved from South Dakota to Spokane, Washington. I was in uh, Biloxi when I did that interview, Biloxi, Mississippi. Yeah, so I've been moving around all over. I was like, I don't always able to do in person stuff. So I'm like, why don't I do that myself? Because I hadn't been doing it before. Right. And yeah. I decided, like, I'm gonna. Start my own site. It was in the it was in the golden era of blogging. Like oh, yeah. WordPress WordPress oh, yeah. was easy. Well, I, oh, it was 2011. Man, I yeah, that's when I I had a WordPress and yeah, everyone did. Oh man, it was the best. I loved getting on there and just going, just 
just writing bullshit probably. Yeah. Then I discovered uh, the beauty of uh, IMDb Pro. Yeah. And I, you know, for 10 years I had that account going and I would just, you'd, you'd be surprised who you hit up and you're going to, you may get an interview and I'll just send along a questionnaire. Yeah. And uh, that was the main part of uh, Trainwreck Society was I, I was already writing about music and I wanted to continue to do that. But my biggest love has always been film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always it's always been number one. Music was just easier because music blogging was a real big thing back then. And uh, so I wanted to move into other arenas. So that's why I started the site and just started hitting up people to do some interviews. And uh, then I mixed in the film reviews. And Oh, that's cool. It kind of took off and uh, it was a good good 10 year run yeah so yeah that's if, awesome. if you didn't know tad uh, ron was actually uh instrumental in uh my my other show when we got to interview kevin eastman it was ron who made yeah. the connection for us because they reached out to him and then he, oh really uh, he threw it our way so yeah it's oh, yeah. wow. that awesome yeah that's that was that was kind of a instrumental thing about uh doing that site was that I would get a lot of offers or I would seek out people to do things that I was like, I am not the right person for this. This is not me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, or like, uh, for example, another one, Brian, you remember, uh, Dean Batali. Yeah. Uh, from, uh, Buffy. Yep. I didn't know shit about Buffy. I don't know anything about Dean. Dean had happened to work on something else that I liked. Right. Yeah. So I always knew I had friends I could reach out to and be like, Hey, can you give me a question about Buffy? Because yeah. I did not watch that. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. And and it's, it happened time and time again. Like uh, our our mutual friend, Adam, I would get some like metal music stuff come up. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what they're talking about. Can you help me? And uh, Brady is the same. Uh, I interviewed uh, Roger Christian, was the art director on Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And he won an Oscar for it. So wow. it's kind of a big deal, but I wanted to talk to him about the uh, Scientology movie he made with John Travolta. <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah, oddly enough, he didn't want to talk about that one, but <laughs> we got a good, uh, yeah, yeah, we got a good Star Wars conversation out of that. So I'm like, ah, yeah, something. So I, I would admit, I think that's always kind of the interesting thing with actors, right? Is like you'll have an actor who does; they'll be in 30, 40 movies, but really, the only thing people want to talk about is like this one movie that kind of like you know, resonated culturally. Yeah. Like, uh, I was talking with, I was over the weekend, I was in Cincinnati, uh, promoting like an independent, like a uh, horror comedy film. Uh, I did the movie poster for it. So they and brought I'm me in down it. to I'm like, I'm on the cover by the Bry way. Bry on the cover. He plays nice. a dead man. <laughs> and, uh, so, but I, they had me come down and sign him. We're over there with like a bunch of celebrities and stuff. Um, and it, you guys remember Power Rangers, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was I like I was a member of the fan club, dude. Okay, so you remember Jason, the original yeah. Power Ranger? Red Ranger, played, man. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. there, and he came up to the booth, and I started talking to him. And super nice guy, but like, dude, like, you could tell the last thing he wanted to do was talk about Power Rangers because people were only there to talk about it with him about Power Rangers. And then so I was like, so what are you up to these days, man? And he like listed off like a dozen other things, like. He's just been in like four different like m- like movies, smaller roles. He was in a TV show on like NBC or something like that. Oh, nice. You know, it's, yeah, it's just like he 
he has like an actual like acting career and has done all this stuff, but nobody gives a shit. They want to talk about the thing he did, yeah. you know, thirty yeah. years ago. And he's like, he was also at uh, Rose City Comic Con where I was at the week prior to when you were in. Cincinnati. Oh, really? He was. Yeah, yeah, they had a group of Power Rangers there. Yeah, and then I ran into him again at the airport, and uh, I was surprised because he actually remembered who I was. Oh, nice. Uh, it was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. I- I noticed in a, a time at Trainwreck, it's it. You just never really knew. Some of the people, they live off that thing that they did that yeah. one time. Like that's their entire existence. Like that's you know they're like, hey, this worked for me. I'm gonna do it. And then others were like, yeah, can we not talk about that so much? So whenever I was putting interviews together, I would like try to throw one quick question about the most obvious thing that they were expecting. Yeah. But then I would try and go in to other stuff and that worked for me because i ended up interviewing a lot of people who were like like just barely involved with with projects that i love and that are so dear to my heart like i've interviewed like side characters of pulp fiction uh a movie like beautiful girls or something like that but they still get to tell me about about what it was like to make that yeah because they sure. were there sure they're not john travolta or samuel jackson but i i interviewed the fucking big brain on brad frank whaley yeah. mm-hmm. from and and like so i got to hear about that situation that that monumental scene where he first reads off ezekiel twenty five seventeen. i got to interview the guy who got shot because of it yeah so i got to know about it yeah i'm not interviewing samuel jackson but i'm the guy was there he had a play like he also, got shot. <laughs> I mean, like, that's such a vital scene to the film and, yeah, like, yeah. culturally. Like, But, you know, he was there being directed by Tarantino yeah. and the set and everything else. So I imagine, like, you know, his experience is just as viable as Samuel Jackson. It's just Jackson went on to be a gigantic star, you know? Yeah, and in my opinion, it, it was I was just happy to learn about it and sure. hear yeah. about it a bit more. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, you see the same thing with like comic book artists or writers, right? You know, like people I want to talk to Jim Lee about the the X Men run he did and what like or when was that? Either that or either that it was early nineties. So yeah, either I that mean, or like, like Batman Hush. That was when yeah. I was reading. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, but that was all stuff from like the nineties. Like yep. you know, but Jim Lee's been doing stuff up until very recently. You know, like up until like what maybe eight years ago, he was still drawing comics. He still draws comics um, occasionally, but not very right. Often, right. Yeah. I just mean like the guy had a ma- he he did a ton of work. He was oh, yeah. a working guy all through the eighties and nineties. Yeah, two thousand. And then in the nineties, he really took off. But like that's the thing that people like mm-hmm. still talk about you know still is when you when you go online what's the stuff you see merch being made of is like jim lee's you know 93 yeah. x i have a i have a 90s jim lee x-men shirt that i bought at target like two years ago <laughs> so <laughs> yeah I, saw, I think i saw the same one yeah. yeah i was like oh damn i remember that yeah yeah but it's just weird that like uh like i've known a few artists that were like that too where like they they had their book that they had that one project they worked on that was really huge, and then since then they've been working on a ton of projects, but none of them have had the same kind of like cultural re- resonance. I guess that's probably the term I'm looking for. Well, yeah, look at I mean, you got Eastman as a prime example of that. Yeah, I was, I, yeah, I was going to chime in with that. Drawing blood was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, around that time that uh, we did the we we got together on it was uh yeah, that's what they were uh, getting ready to launch that uh that kickstarter for for drawing yeah. blood yeah 
and it was good. It was it was, re- it was completely different, obviously, but it was it was really good. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. and then you know he's worked with like Simon Beasley and done a bunch of projects and stuff. But like people only want to talk about is like, you know, his initial turtles. I mean, even when we interviewed him, Brian, we talked a lot about <laughs> the original turtles run. Like my whole thing with him was like. How did you, you know, I remember we hit him with this question about like, how did you get merchandise going? And he, he went into it, but you know, and it was really fascinating, but I mean, like how many times he's been hit with that? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I talk it's hard mostly, when you're such a yeah. fan. It is. It is. It's hard to find, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, find that line. Well, like, yeah. And Bri hit him with the, like, what was it like filming that first movie? Yeah. That was, yeah. that was my favorite question. Well, you got him to open up about like all this stuff they got cut out, out of, of the, the film movie. yeah that they just don't know where it's at but like because we were like dude is they gonna do a director's release yeah and he's they like talk- they could they could he's like they could it's just a matter of finding all this like yeah. discarded film because he said what was like in like what 30 it's, minutes of other of yeah, extra it's like films? on a reel it's like on a reel somewhere so like even if they found it they don't know what kind of condition it's in or any of that stuff so but he said there was some pretty like violent stuff oh, that they dude, had to cut I've out because it would have made the movie rated R. Yeah, there's there's a yeah. scene. Uh, you remember in uh, in the first movie when they first show Shredder for the first time and he's walking out uh, yeah. to the crowd of Foot Clan. Uh, there's a scene in there where he takes on the 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 guys who robbed April in the beginning but failed. Like oh. he beats the fuck wow. out of like all four of those dudes. Oh, I'd I love wanna, that. I would, yeah, I want to see, see that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Go awesome. play after he kills him. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's all good. I get it. So, yeah. So, Ron, let me ask you this, man. Like, what what do you think was probably the hot? Because, like, you, you did train wreck for the better part of a decade. Uh, what was the high water mark? What was the high point where you're yeah. like, this was like, the, this was not maybe not the biggest celebrity, but like, for you, the your best top yeah. tier thing that you did, where you're like uh, a pedestal moment. Um, for me personally, I got really heavy involved in uh, the world of Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. who I oh. really, really loved, yeah. and I I interviewed uh, like most of the cast of Clerks uh, beyond uh, Jason Shit. Mewes. I never, I never got, never got Jason or Kevin. But but I also managed to like kind of form pretty good like regular relationships with most of them and like uh, Brian Brian O'Halloran yeah. played Dante, uh, Marilyn wow. G- Gigliotti played uh, Veronica, mm-hmm. Scott Schiaffo that he's been one of the name one he was a Chulies Gum representative, Ernie O'Donnell played a bunch of different and but more so uh, uh, Lisa Spunar. She played uh, Caitlin, the one who uh, fucked the dead guy in the in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually had I never interviewed her, but I actually had a lot of like like text conversations with her. She was such an amazing woman, like oh, just wow. so nice. And I'm speaking of her in past tense because she passed away a few years ago. Oh, okay. Oh shit. And it was it was quite sad. It was it was a it was a crazy time because we we chatted a lot like that was yeah she became a, i would say a legit friend and wow. uh sa- same with marilyn and uh vincent pariah which if you're into the kevin smith world you know who that guy is yeah. uh 
he's up in there. But and then I got to work with uh, a lot with uh, the publicist, and uh, I think she was a producer for a film that is it's got to be coming out at some point called uh, Shooting Clerks. That's it's already played in certain places. It was a bunch of Scottish kids that I were just big fans. About this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're COVID messed everything up. It was actually 2020 was going to be their year. Yeah. They were going to finally get it out. It, it played some festivals in 2019 and was going to come out. But uh, I worked a lot with those guys uh, oh. about promoting their stuff and doing interviews and all that. And so so for me, I guess, it, in lack of a better word, professionally, that was my highlight. But uh, if I had to come to, like, name, the, the name guy, it was uh, the now disgraced Ron Jeremy. Was about Dude, the you interviewed name. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> I had I had the the funnest week I had on there, so I really? had a uh, yeah I had a uh, one God, day. Don't on, they call him like the troll or something like that? I don't know. He or the hedgehog. He, they called yeah, him the yeah, hedgehog. Yep. In Oof. one week on a Monday, I interviewed this guy named uh, Mark Cushman, who just happened. This was a highlight for me too. He he wrote and directed the first pornographic movie I ever remember seeing. <laughs> it was it was called What was it? Yeah. It's called Titty Slickers 2. <laughs> <laughs> and then that Wednesday, I uh I interviewed a Mr. David Joyner, who you would not recognize by name, but he was Barney the dinosaur. <laughs> what? Oh, wow. He's Barney the purple dinosaur. That was he, what he was, was he wore that the suit guy like he was actually he's very nice, very yeah. very cool. I I was kind of concerned. And then on Friday I, I did Ron Jeremy. I purposely made that happen. I was like I want to have this weird sandwich right here. <laughs> that is <laughs> So that that was kind of a highlight, but there's been others uh, like a uh, couple, you know, Oscar winners, Grammy, all that all that kind of stuff was was fun. It but those fail in comparison to Barney yeah. and Ron Jeremy. Yeah, to have to have Titty Slickers too, Barney and Ron Jeremy in one week. That was You can't tell I think I peaked. Yeah. I think I peaked. That's why I got that's why I quit. <laughs> I mean, I guess Ron Jeremy like you said, the now disgraced Ron Jeremy. But I mean, you think about it, like he he was in a bunch of movies. Wasn't he in like Boondock Saints and he shit was. like oh, that? Yeah, like, he, he I mean did like have he did have the best. Um, I remember asking him. I hardly ever remember the questions that I asked, but I do remember asking him, "Like, when do you realize? When did you first realize you are like the biggest name in adult er- entertainment?" Yeah, and his reply was when John Holmes died, and <laughs> <laughs> that was when I was like, "Wow, this guy is brutally honest." <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't know a lot about it, but like. Boogie Nights, Ron Jeremy was the uh, he, he was on set to help him out with keeping everything right, which is a movie about John Holmes. Because right. yeah, back at that time, those were the two. Wow, really? Sorry to make this uh, comic book podcast about pornography, but no, uh, I mean I tend to our, do that everywhere I go. Our, our you know our catchphrase is uh, the culture that inspires comics and the comics that inspire culture. And uh, I mean, it's a I don't culture know about that you. inspires. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely. Uh, so yeah, definitely. But I don't know. I have, know, a, I have know. a question for you, Ron. Yeah, because something that I always uh, find interesting is, um, you know, movie review sites. You know, how do you find Ooh. the balance between like positive and negative reviews? 
that's a good question. That's yeah, a good question, man. Very good. That's actually something that uh, I am just starting to work with now. Yeah. Because, in all honesty, um, when I was running Trainwrecked, I I didn't do anything negative. Yeah. Like yeah, I, I remember because. That. Yeah, because I'm I'm not getting paid to do this. Like right. that was just my if if I read something or watched something and I did not enjoy it, it doesn't mean it's not for me. Or it just means it's right. not for me. Right. It doesn't mean it's not good, even though I would gladly in a casual conversation tell you how bad it sucks. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. but as far as putting it out on the internet, why? What does that give anyone? What what's right, the yeah. point? Right. Like now, granted, I am a hypocrite because if you pay me two single dollars, I will shit on whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I'm some kind of saint here, sure. but I, you know, tell me, tell me to shit on the latest Taylor Swift. You know, I'll do it. I, if I'm getting paid. Now I got this new job. I am. I just actually did my first somewhat mixed review. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At uh, Scare Magazine. Where I just, what did you, I threw, what'd you review? Uh, it's a, it's a, it's it's worth watching. It's called uh, Royal Jelly. Okay. It's a uh, indie horror film about bees, but it's it's very very indie. And I try to I kind of play that line of like, hey, like just know when you're watching this, they didn't have any money, right. and they're doing the best right. they can. That's about as harsh as I could get on criticizing. <laughs> well, indie is such an interesting thing too because. I almost feel like it's more about the concept, and I feel like if they're able to pull off anything that's like, we are like, oh, that's kind of impressive. It's more of like a create a testament to the creator of their yeah. ingenuity. Like, whoa! But for the most part, it's like, how many times have we sat through movies where you're like, Dude, this is this is actually kind of cool. I mean, it looks like shit, but this is kind of cool. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? I've done it a lot. Yeah, I've done that yeah. a lot. But yeah, especially in horror because like. Yeah. There, it it feels like when you're when you're I'm a big horror fan and I was what been an emphasis forever that I mean so many of the concepts have been done so many times over the last hundred years from the creature right. films to slashers and everything but when you see one that even the story is just so good and then you're watching it and you're like God I just wish they had a million dollars instead of fifty thousand sure. like it, it yeah. could be literally that dramatic you're like. If those people were given money, think of what they could do. And it happens. There's success stories about yeah. it. Like you know, they people get to go out and get the money and and sure. actually make something bigger. But I yeah. still enjoy the story. I, I always belong to the indie world. That's gonna where I'm gonna yeah. always try well, to support. Th- you know. Oh, go ahead, bro. I was just gonna say, and I think that you know, spot on. I I think it's you know. Look at look at some of these big budget movies, right? Where they have all the money thrown at them, and you just get a pile of shit. You know what it's, I mean? And, and yeah, where yeah, you know the indie movies, they you know some of them might look terrible, but if you can if you can find the good in it, you know I think yeah. that that's that's what indie film is for, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Like I just watched. Uh... Have you guys seen Psycho Gorman? No. I've been telling everybody to watch it. No, you've mentioned it, though. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> I did it's not worth watch your, it, but I will. It's definitely worth your time. But it's one it of down. those where, like, 
they didn't have a massive budget. You could tell even when they did the blue, like the green screen stuff, you know, it was a very small green screen that they're operating on. Like you, they had to keep things. It was very much like kind of that. You remember that that indie flick that was Kickstarter funded? Uh, was it Kung Fury? Yes. It's now on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, like it's very much in that kind of, or like yeah, even man, like they got David uh, Hasselhoff to do the theme. <laughs> right, right, but it was very much in that kind of like uh, I guess weight class, or even like um, oh, was it was it Retro Boy or something that came out a few years back? I can't even remember mm. remember what it was called, but you know where like you see creators that are trying to be as original as possible, but like they throw all their money into one the rubber practical effects, and then they use like kind of retro looking like cgi and stuff to spruce everything up to make it just look you know fun and crazy crazy lighting and i don't know like it was one of those like it was super entertaining you know it kind of reminded me of like some of like the roger corman flicks or like some of the like the shit that like um peter jackson did back in the 80s i don't know if people (laughs) remember those movies they're all kinds of messed up but i don't know yeah it uh i don't know indie's such an interesting genre uh i guess and i I keep finding myself getting pulled more and more to it because i like i keep falling in love with the the projects more than like even if the execution's kind of like weak it seems like the projects are always there's so much passion in it you know what i mean uh yeah yeah i was gonna say heart they they have heart like yeah it's clear that they are really wanting to try and make something happen there's it's not about the money when like you can really Really tell it's not about the money. No, although they'd like to put out a product to where they can eventually be people who make money for a living. But sure, it's, when you when you have the heart, it it shows. Yeah, I mean, kind of look at like I mean, like look at Kickstarter. Whether it's film or comics, it seems like those are kind of the two big avenues for entertainment that Kickstarter is starting to like eat up small percentages of. You know, like mm-hmm. I remember a couple of years ago, Kickstarter was one percent of the industry. And I mean, that was like five years ago. It's like three or four now, right? It's yeah, I think so. Yeah, and like you look at the money that creators are making; it's so much larger than before. And like projects are getting funded, and it's you know they're they're not being limited by what they can do and can't do. uh, Look at that Carrie Nord Kickstarter, you know, for folklore. I mean, I think he was asking twenty five thousand, and they made over a hundred. So yeah, and that's with. He's and there. He's merged with uh, what's that guy? Was it Andy Bernard or something mm-hmm. like that? That he did the that was it that Mother Trucker, the yeah, Space yeah. Trucker pro wrestling yeah. comic, and now they've created their own like company, and I mean they they're doing a Psycho Gorman anthology. I think they drops like next week or something like that. Awesome. Yeah, it's like eighty pages, and uh, you know you know it's probably gonna make. It'll probably make more money than the movie did. <laughs> you know? I'm to say, I made uh, $2,500 uh, on Kickstarter back in 2010, which I'm not good at math, but that's like $30,000 today, right? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, like thirty to 40000 yeah. yeah, so I'm, I was pretty stoked about that. That's awesome. <laughs> that's really cool. Ended yeah, up paying all of it back and sending out rewards because I did not know how mail works. Oh, but. it's a lot of uh, you find a lot of people <laughs> went, right? on their first on their first one trying to calculate the <laughs> shipping and all that shit. Yeah, I did not do any of that. 
<laughs> well, that in those early days, there was there weren't any website. There wasn't websites or programs you could go to where you could punch in like, okay, this is what this is going to cost. Where you could easily come up with estimates. That happened to a buddy of mine. He he founded his graphic novel, hit its goal, and then he realized he didn't ca- properly calculate yeah. shipping or taxes. And it took him, I think, like a year and a half to get everything out because he had to pay out of pocket. And then he had like to take out like a small business loan to do it. And it was like, I, I felt really bad for him. It was a total like yeah, nightmare. I, I literally yeah. just called up. Probably it might have been one of your professors. He was a WSU professor that oh, ran yeah? a uh, yeah. He ran a publishing company out of his out of his garage. And uh, on, South, on South Hill, but he taught at WSU. I cannot remember his name. Do you know what he taught? English, I'm pretty sure. I uh, almost became an English major. And I'm looking at the books, but I can't even remember the name of the company. But, uh, but uh, yeah, he told me, like, yeah, if you wanted to print out 100 copies of the book, it'll cost this much. I'm like, cool. And I, I tacked on, like, $500 to that. It yeah. didn't. It turned out to not be enough. <laughs> no, but I, 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 you know, went out of pocket, and and in the end, r- long run, we we made a little bit of money. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, that's one thing that's cool about Kickstarter is I think that uh, or any of these crowdfund. I mean, there's a few crowdsourcing locations you can go yeah, there, through. There were none back then. We we had Kickstarter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it just it's cool seeing people make things that like. I guess you could say gatekeepers would probably not it'd be very, very hard to, I guess, sell them on the the project's vision because they're going to go like, eh, that's not going to be monetarily successful or where is the market? Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to be the big question. And you're able to just kind of be like, nah, okay, fine. You're not interested. And then you can, you know that there's people there, um, you know, like, I've done projects before where that was the big problem is, every, you know, like talking with editors and they're going like, well, we don't know how to market this. But then when I go to a convention, that's the book that I'm selling out of at every con I go to. Even, you know, even now I'll take it and it's been out for a couple, you know, the project's been out already out for years, you know. So it's it's interesting. Yeah, I've actually heard um, through like working with PR companies and stuff that it's become a marketing tool. Kickstarter yeah. and oh, yeah. uh, Indiegogo, all it's it's like, hey, uh, we will think about it, but uh, first go ahead and do a Kickstarter campaign and see gain gain the interest, see what you got, and that helps them go. And then you also have you know what thirty grand in fan funded money. Yeah, they use it like pre orders. I know that while yeah. guys are pitching. Um, They'll they'll quietly be pitching while doing a Kickstarter, and then all of a sudden, like it seems like, oh yeah, mid tier right that first week, all of a sudden it's like, oh IDW or Boom or Dark Horse is like, oh we're going to publish yeah. the book too. So you know the book's going to get mass circulation, but they just use it all uh, as pre order. That's what the, you know, like IDW did with all those Turtles games with Kevin Eastman, the the board games. Yep. Um, I mean, I was lucky enough to get to work on them. That's the only reason why I even have any insight in it is. You know, when we signed on to do it, the budget was so dismal because the company was like, this isn't going to sell. And then the pre-orders were, (laughs) yeah, the pre-orders were fucking insane. And, you know, we were both like, we should have asked for way more money. We're getting, I mean, we got so ripped off. Uh, And it wasn't necessarily the company's fault. It was just us not being, I guess, forward thinking and negotiating like some kind of contract where it's like, hey, we, you know. If, yeah. If this makes this makes a quarter of a million, 
we should be getting a percentage of that saying as our budget's coming out of the the initial campaign goal which was like i think 30,000 yep so yeah it was kind of one of those where we're like uh i remember kevin was a little pissed about that which i didn't blame him i bet you know? yeah. should they should know that like if kevin's doing something turtles related it's going to make a buttload of money doesn't matter what. Oh, yeah. There's enough of you hardcore turtle heads out there. I probably shouldn't say this, but I think they knew. Oh, I, think I it guarantee was just, they um, knew. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when you work with big companies. They're they're smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're smart. Which is but, why we have yeah. Narpig. Which is why Narpig is. Narpig! Brand. That's right. Yep. It's a brand new imprint. Brand new imprint. <laughs> mm hmm. Uh huh. So, yeah. I want to get into. Because. Uh, your film guy, Ron, we were talking about Shang-Chi earlier, a Marvel Disney movie. Um, yeah, but here we go. There's been some kind of not great thing. Imagine this, a multi-billion dollar corporation acts oh, like a yeah. pile of shit. Um, oh, what? Who would have thought? I, no way. That's that's impossible to me. I don't, so uh, what talking about. What, what's going on right now is like the estate of uh, Steve Ditko, who co-created Spider-Man and... Um, Doctor Strange, they are suing the House of Mouse for creative rights back for the for those two characters, and then um, Disney countersued them, so that way they could keep the rights. And then, yeah, didn't I hear that the copyright is expiring on a lot of those characters or something like they, that? And they want them back. Yeah, they're supposed to. Ex- if it, if they win, if if uh, Ditko the Ditko estate wins the lawsuit. Uh, they'll get the rights back to Spider-Man and Doctor Strange in like 2023. Oh man, what, I'm, what I'm if they just shut it down? Bar, right. They're not going. They're not going to win. I they'll, want them to, just, but I don't think they uh, will. I think what will happen is they'll negotiate a payout, probably a royalties deal or like a one-time big payout that's so big it just makes everybody go away, but is like a write-off for the. Yeah. For Disney. Well, that's what happened with the Kirby estate because they sued Disney in like yeah. 2010 to 2014. And same lawyer got them a pretty yeah. sizable payout. But that's one of the things the lawyer said he regrets not taking it all the way. And, uh, you know, well, it, that's what happened. It went all the way to the Supreme with, Court. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah, happened that's with um, uh, Captain America. Mm-hmm. Joe Simon, who co created it with uh, Jack Kirby. Back in the '40s, when Jack Kirby was like a kid, yeah, I think uh, yeah. Uh, he su- he was in a lawsuit with Marvel for I think like 15 years or something because he hadn't been getting any royalties or any of that shit. Yeah, and um, and then finally they did some kind of like large settlement. But I mean that guy like it took them him year. I mean like shit, he'd been doing that since like the '80s or whatever. That's why you never saw any Captain America merch back in the day. You know, it was always like Spider Man, Hulk, Thor. Yeah. All the Avengers butt cap, and uh, you know, I mean, they'd, he'd pop up once in a while, but they always did a very low count, right. low number. Never really pushed the character, which is weird, being like it's you know, Captain Fucking America, it's Captain America, goddamn, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you not have his merch on every single military base across the world, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I will say, I you know the the you know the the corporation hater in me i hope that i hope that they win i hope that ditko the the ditko state and all the other uh estates of uh folks who created all of these characters 
I hope they win because they should get paid. They're getting hosed while Disney is making billions and billions and billions of dollars off. Of them. I, I think it's going to create a problem, honestly. I think it's going to make it, especially if they win, it's going to make it where the contracts are going to get even more stringent. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be, I mean, they're already having that problem now. Like, it's a, it's a pretty straightforward work for hire. Like, you don't get sh- I mean, look at, like, Ed Brubaker, who got, what, a $5,000 check yeah. for Winter Soldier. For the yeah. Winter Soldier, even though it's based off of, like, an entire, like, two-year run that he did or something like that. Yep. And he got five. He got paid more for. His cameo uh, as, be, in the movie. Yeah, being an extra in a scene than he did for. <laughs> is that for real? It is for yeah. real. Holy yeah, because shit. it came out, it got reported that D- I guess Marvel and even DC did the same thing. I guess they sent all these guys, like uh, all these big name comic book dudes, like who's, shut up money. Ha- you, you, what, the shut up money was so low, it was almost like a slap in the face. You know what I mean? Like it was. I mean, it's five grand. You know, like yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a lot of money, but that's not a lot of money no. for creating a billion dollar property. That ain't yeah. Winter Soldier money. No. That's- no. <laughs> And like, what's funny, you look at like that whole, you know, the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit and like people are like raging, like, oh, you're a super successful person. Like, why do you need more money? And it's like, no, no, that was her contract. The problem is, is when a company violates a contract, like the whole reason why you have that contract is so that they honor it. And like, it doesn't matter how successful you are, like when you're working for an entity that doesn't honor and they're a billionaire versus you being a millionaire, that's like you having a dollar versus somebody having a thousand dollars. You can't fucking compete. Yeah. And I just thought it was so weird that everyone was going after her for that. And it's like, Oh yeah, let's stick up for, I mean, don't get me wrong. Marvel. I'm like, you need some cover work. (laughs) I'm I'm here. I love your characters. Uh, Cap Wolf, get him a Cap Wolf. Yeah. Let me do some fucking Cap Wolf. But you know, it's just weird. It's interesting. I guess public per- perception is always like, a, you know, has a massive impact. But it, I just always find it weird when people side with these companies that make more money than God. And then, you know, say, quite honestly, I've never done that. I always imagine them to be the bad guy. It's, I've heard it always is. Bad, bad guy stories. And the mouse is the bad guy, if I'm being honest. Always, yeah. I, I picture, oh. I feel like the South Park character of mickey mouse is actual disney i feel like that's accurate i I believe that uh if you really open your third eye it'll look like mickey mouse (laughs) (laughs) because all the companies run everything yeah and i mean and it and they're number one you you're 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 employing these people just made this a joe rogan podcast i apologize that's all right man that's all right hey uh yeah i want to tell you guys about these vitamins i'm taking oh Uh, please (laughs) yeah yeah it just makes me think clear Mm. uh Mm -hmm. i get them down at the um at the old uh horse feed store uh you guys it's great hey i didn't even care what they're made of bro i'm on it (laughs) yeah i mean if if i mean my sleeves anything. just fell off. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Bri, you'll love this. I just saw Rogan was on the cover of like Hunting Magazine or something like oh one of the big Hunting. Oh my god! Hunt- yeah, that and it's like him posing break. with one of his trophy elk, and yeah, I was like, oh, one man, of his trophy elk so that he got in a fenced fucking property with his pro well, hunter buddies. It yeah, said, okay. 
it said no fence, no trap. You know, like it had like this whole thing. Like they're really trying to push it that he's like out there. Yeah, if, doing they, said, if they had to say it, if you have to say it. Well, yeah. Can I take a moment to do something I've been wanting to do on a podcast or yes. any kind of public Please. setting? Dear Joe Rogan, suck my dick from the back, you bald little bitch. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you for letting me do that. I've been wanting to do that. I, I've said it on Twitter enough, but it, nobody, nobody, nobody cares. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we are oh, we I, are the intellectual dark web of comic book yes. podcasting. So I'm gonna it'll, I'm gonna it'll clip that and just it's, I'm just gonna listen to it daily. <laughs> Perfect. God, he he's got you're gonna he's gonna like come after you now, man. He's gonna oh, be talking. God. Wouldn't that this be guy on this podcast, man? He used to do this like. He used to write about like bands and music and shit. I don't know. Yeah. You're gonna get like you're gonna get ten million hate listens. Listen, you're guys, welcome. Fine. Listen, guys, <laughs> I'm just a moron. Okay, I'm a fucking moron over here. But, but this is what you should do. But let me but let Making me tell you about gay. biology. Mm-hmm. Let me argue a doctor who I'm having on as a guest and tell them why they're wrong and why I'm right as a a a, a comedian who's more known for not doing comedy. Yeah. Oh, that's my that's my Joe Rogan roast. Oh, I gotta take my on it. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's I, I didn't take mine. That's why I'm just. Yeah, that's why I didn't mean to say any of that. Yeah, hey, that's, man. Why, that's double, why we that's, double blind placebo. Okay. All right. Yeah. Double Blue Tiger. Placebo. Uh, we we went on a like a six week hiatus because uh, on it was sold out of their brain drugs. So now yeah. they're back in stock. So here we are. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> just, we're gonna have so many Broskis super good. pissed at us. Good. Oh, good. Good. Uh, I don't care. Uh, hit me right. up. Hit me up. <laughs> Listen, guys. Joe Rogan is not a professional hunter. Okay. Let me let me break or, this down. Or a doctor. Or a doctor. Or anything at all. He's, Joe no. Rogan. He pays to go on guided hunting trips with his buddies, who are all. Pro hunters, the best hunters in, in the, the world. world, who all tell yeah. him everything that they need to do. And listen, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. No, that's awesome. Yeah, but that's rad. It's but don't don't play yourself off as like this badass hunter when we 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 know. Okay, we know. Yeah, he grew up. He's the dude's from L.A. Man, like yeah. thirty years strong. Like he's relaxed. Yeah. Oh, Blue Tiger's coming back hot with the controversy on that Joe Rogan. We got hot takes on Rogan over here. Ooh. Yeah, us and I, us and what? every other podcast. <laughs> I will say this: I'm sure he's a wonderful human being to hang out with to an extent. I would honestly say so as well. Yeah, but yeah, not, not for very long. Listen, if he yeah. invited me on his podcast, I, oh hell yeah! I would oh, go. dude, I would that go. ship has sailed. Yeah. You're not going now, but I am for sale. <laughs> I'm for sale. Yeah, I will sell out so fast. <laughs> Very yeah, fast. Good. I'll go on Bobby Lee's podcast over oh, Joe yeah, Rogan's dude, podcast. I would every day yeah. of the week, dude. Bobby Lee is the man. Yeah, I've. If I ever, I'm pitching something right now, and if it takes off, I'm drawing Bobby Lee as a character. I'm not going to tell him. I'm not going to ask for permission. I'm just using him as the body model, and then when it's in print, and I say when because it's po- you have to be positive. That's right. When it's in print next year. I'm going to send him a copy of the book so that he's like, what the fuck is this? And I'll just have a note that says, go to page this. And then there's a picture of him getting his ass kicked. And it'll be awesome. Nice. 
love yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I got a, I have a, I have a friend of a friend of Bobby Lee. They, you gotta let me get in on that. I'll, I'll try and make sure he sees it. Boom. <laughs> oh, that, that, I can't yes. guarantee anything, but there yeah, friend is. of a friend of a friend type deal. That guy who directed him in a movie. Nice. You know, I just saw him in uh, was it that was it Reservation Dogs? Yeah. He was in an episode. Dude, he was so good. It was one of those where you're like, how is this guy not getting like bigger roles? Like, I don't understand. I mean, he's in a bunch of stuff, right? But it's always like an episode, two episodes. Then he'll come back maybe a season later to do a couple more episodes. But like, how is he not getting like these leading things? Instead, I see other guys who they're funny, but. I don't know. I don't want to like. Uh, yeah, no, I, I get wanna. what you're saying. I'm a big I, fan of Bobby Lee. He was the where he was the doctor and the, on the at the reservation clinic. He, oh, he was, he so, was great. so good. Yeah. He was yeah. He was the highlight of the episode, and like that show is really, really good. good. Did you catch the finale? Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. caught the finale. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah, but it was good. Uh, I gotta watch that, but I, I think I have an answer, and yeah. it's it's not good. You tell but, me, but uh, it. Hollywood is racist. Yeah. <laughs> we already have yeah. Ken Jeong, and we have yeah. the entire cast of uh, Fresh Off the Boat. So yeah. they're like, yeah, that's enough. That's enough. It's just not, not good. Even though, it's even, not though good. Bobby's, even though Bobby's been a lo- around longer than... He's been forever. He's been, yeah, he's been around forever, but... They just, I didn't realize... He's like... I think he might be like the first Asian-American to be in a skit like a yeah, he's on Mad TV show. years and years ago. Yeah. And before that it was like, you know, he had in Living Color, he had SNL obviously, yeah. but then like but it was uh, there was no I don't think there was any Asian American dudes no. at all or gals. None. Yeah. Margaret Cho was in comedy, but she wasn't on skits or anything, but she was No. It was like, yeah, we we picked our uh picked our people. We don't need any more of you. I'm like, yeah, but you're funny. Yeah, exactly. you're hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. exactly. Gives a shit, but yeah, yeah. It, it constantly happens. Like we were talking on here a while back, and we were saying like, how cool would it be to see Bobby Lee play one of these weird, like, uh, kind of like second rate, third rate superheroes? And you, you know, like you could have made him stall- long in Doctor Strange. Like, come on, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would have been great. I hadn't thought or- of that. Or imagine if you cast him as like a Spider-Man villain. Oh, God, you know what I mean? Yes. Like you, I, it'd be so crazy. Like there's so many different things you could do with a guy like that. Just because he is, I don't know. Like at least I, it seems like he he brings a lot of heart to the show to like the characters Anything he plays. He's like he's yeah yeah. But then he's like comp like the the character he played in Reservation Dogs. He was like this depressed like doctor who's on the reservation like obviously he went to like med school and he did not this was not his goal yeah. and he, he's at this like underfunded nonprofit, you know uh like hospital and he's like putting on a happy face when he has to but then like he's so rude to people as soon as he feels like he can yeah he was so and yeah and they had this great shot at the end where he's like sitting out back having a cigarette doing the like thousand yard stare it was just like so I don't know. It had it had so much like depth to it, right? And it was very very simple. I don't know. I I'd love to see yeah. that guy in more stuff. There's another guy on that show that is uh, somebody I interviewed from Trainwrecked, and I've kept in touch with over the years. Uh, we talked about it the other other day, Tad, but he plays. I think he's the one who buys like uh, the copper from the kids. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kirk, he's like the Kirk Kirk Fox. Yeah, he plays like the white 
like leader of the meth head guys, yeah, right? Yeah. He runs the scrapyard. And, and he pretends and, like he's Native American. Yeah, he yeah, pretends dude. to be Native American and he's so like his character is like so obnoxious and rude because he's yeah. like misappropriating and like, then culture. Man, and then he like mansplains about the culture <laughs> to them. So yeah. funny. Uh, that that man that man is so cool. He got me through the pandemic. Like oh. he every single day on Instagram he had these videos going that it was just so hilarious. And I've I've interviewed uh, I've uh tech texted back and forth of him for the last few years he is literally one of the funniest people on the planet oh dude he's so good in that show he's, I, I i haven't i haven't got to watch you i i need to yeah. i need to get right on that it's but really i good. shout out to you kirk you're gonna listen i'm gonna tell him to listen do it hell yeah we love that <laughs> yeah show. he he was in like i think oh he really put him front and center in like the first couple episodes and especially that first episode man and he yeah. just he shined so hard like he he made it so funny because he's kind of the introduction mm-hmm. to like all the characters, and like without him, I don't think it would have. I don't think the show would have taken off as well as it did. Yeah. You know, he was he was once engaged to uh, Clint Eastwood's daughter. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. He has this joke. I'm going to paraphrase it and kill it, but he did have a joke about like uh, he broke up with his with her. And uh, but he went golfing with Clint Eastwood, and it he called him a son of a bitch, and he's like. You called me son. <laughs> it's, just, it's just always, it's always one of my favorite jokes. <laughs> it was always, wow. it's one of those that sticks out in my head all the time when I think about my, my favorite bits. Oh, that's Dude. great. Ron, are you does he do? Oh, go ahead. Oh, huh? go ahead. No, I was just going to say, does he do any stand up or anything? Cause that's oh, he's really a, yeah, fun. he is. He is a stand up. Oh, his okay. Main, main gig. He's big. He's a regular at like, uh, the, the, not the seller, but uh, the comedy store in L.A. He's okay. he's been doing it for years. He he ran with Polly Shore back in the day, but really oh, so hated he probably doing knows, that. He probably knows Bobby Lee. Probably fairly oh yeah well yeah, yeah. they're yeah this they run in the whole same kind of crowd. That's cool. Oh, that's cool. But he's man. always had a lot of good acting work. He he's he shows up and stuff, and you never know his him by name. But yeah, he's he's, he's in stuff. What he's is that called in L.A. Band. What's that called in LA? It's like they call it like the thousand or something or the hundred. It's like there's a uh, a handful of actors and yep. you see, you've seen them for the last 20, 30 years and, in everything. Yep. You don't know their yep. names, but they're always these great character actors that show up for like a, a a prominent like key moment to push this plot forward. Yeah. And and they always knock it out of the park, and then you know you forget about them, and then they pop up next week in a different movie or TV yeah. show. They're it, called uh, they're called the Trainwreck Society. There, we <laughs> there it is. Pretty much, that's where I was at. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, like they all worked on the stuff, but uh, yeah. you don't know them by name. And those were my people. That's awesome. I, I appreciate it. what they gave to us. I love it. That's really cool. No, I was going to ask you're, if. Yeah. Uh, of you know, talking about funny shows, are you on uh, Ted Lasso at all, Ron? No, I need to be. Oh, First, it started with my dad telling me like that's where I need to be at, and I usually, you know, I tend to agree with them. But brilliant. then, like everybody told me, I need to watch this. I'm like, all right, I'll. It's uh, anyone, somebody, I'm, give me I'm an Apple TV. Wrong. I have too many subscriptions. Someone give me an Apple TV subscription. I'll trade you. There we and go. And I'll get on it. Or I'll do the two weeks once the season ends and watch it. Season's and over. See if it works. Season's over. Oh, is it so over? You can binge the first two seasons. All right, let me do that. I'll do that. Uh, that 
the retrial. Because yeah. I want to talk yeah, about the, the last episode, the, the finale, because it was just... Oh, I don't believe in the spoiler. If you want to, yeah, have dude. at it. I, no, I don't. I, I, it was I like, get more excited by spoiler. That's a whole different thing. One I'm the, the same way, man. Yeah. Daunting and like ballsy episodes of a show I've ever seen. Um, I'll put it this way. They rickrolled the entire world. Ted Lasso did in this episode. What do you mean? You know, now you have you have to d- explain what you mean by they rickrolled the entire world. So, so rickrolled this way. Rick you know, someone, someone shows you something. Like you rickrolled me with that when uh, when you sent me that Spider-Man uh, No Way Home trailer. You were like, trailer. No. And then it was, never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. Oh, man. This guy was so excited. Like his text, everything was caps. Like, oh, my God. I can't believe it's out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is going to be so awesome. And then like. I wait 30 seconds and like, no. I was like, fuck you. (laughs) No, but they they did that in the episode. So there's a scene where the the, uh, owner of the soccer team, they're at her dad's funeral and like they Mm -hmm. loved that song and she's in the eulogy. She's given the eulogy and she just stops and then she's like singing the song very softly and then yeah. <laughs> uh, like a very sweet moment and then she like breaks like she can't go anymore and then Ted Lasso picks it up and then the whole the whole, everybody at the service starts singing the song and I'm like holy shit they just rickrolled everybody but it was it was brilliantly done oh wow that's cool man it was one it's it's one of like the smartest in shows which the the funny thing about it is like Everybody's like, oh, I can't believe it. It's so great. It's a show about someone who's nice, right? <laughs> a nice man is it's a hard thing. That's to a think rare about. thing. Yeah. You don't see those very often. Yeah. But it's 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 just got so many layers to it, you know? Like there's the comedy, there's the seriousness, then you've got yeah. like the sports aspect, which you rare you don't see a lot of the sports because it's not about the sports, right? Um but it's just uh one of yeah, one of the most well done shows and apparently Ted Lasso is like a concept my my uh my brother-in-law was telling me this that uh NBC he used to be Ted Lasso to do like fake f- uh soccer ads when like to try and get Americans excited about major league soccer from like 10 years ago like you can go oh, on really? YouTube and find old clips of those commercials was it Sudeikis? Yeah. Yes it was. Really? Yeah. So he took it. He took a character that he did for a commercial and turned it into and like, like a massive TV show. Yeah. Oh no, dude. He's that's Ernest all oh. over again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but legend himself. Highly, highly recommend. Yeah. Highly, <laughs> highly recommend. Um, off, off to check it out, man. Yeah. yeah I've been really this... bad. I haven't watched much TV. I've been watching two shows: Reservation Dogs. Yep. And then. Um, what we do in the shadows just because they're back to back and they're both produced by the same guy and they're both amazing. Yeah. So we've been watching reservation dogs and then, uh, why the last man is out now. Oh, you know, they've been talking about like adapting that for a long time since that. Yeah. Like I was in like school. So over a decade. Yeah. How, how is it? Does it actually live up to, you know, the, the hype, because they're pushing it hard. I think it does. And actually, that's one of the things I'm going to talk about when we when we get into comics. Because 
I reread the entire series over the last oh. week just to see okay. like what lines up and what doesn't as far as like my memory because it had been probably like four or five years since I've read the book. Um, how how was the adaptation so far? I mean, I know there are only a couple episodes in, but is it about, pretty close? Five or six episodes in, and it's really good. It's okay. There's there's some different stuff because I feel like um, well, you have to just time wise. Time the wise, world has changed and, a lot in twenty years. And, yeah, and then like why the last man was always kind of it always had this kind of dark comedic element to it as well. Um, yeah, and I don't know if they're gonna get there, um, but they haven't yet. It's just been like a very serious, uh, okay, very serious drama where uh, Yorick, the main character, he's obviously still he's still like the biggest douchebag, which he is in the comics as well. He's just like. Yeah a below average male who happens to be the last man. You know what I mean? So, uh, so he goes from being like kind of a zero to the most you know, important like, person in the world to, to yeah. the most desirable man on the planet. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Or the most important yeah. man genetically on yeah. the planet, but they've made, they've made some changes. There's some characters that I'm hoping show up that nece- haven't necessarily shown up yet. Like, cause there is like a, big piece in the comic where like you have this like off the hinges uh israeli army faction who like invades america to try and get their hands on him and uh, oh yeah i remember that i think i read those issues actually yeah so i'm curious if they're gonna like bring bring that aspect of the show in if they're gonna leave it out because i think israel is just a really uh hot topic right now they uh, might do something but that could be like I could see how that so? being like a season two. Yeah, how so? Uh, no, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we already went after Rogan. We don't need to go after too many oh, other yeah, that's like, true. things. Yeah, that's... but it's been it's been really good, really really well done. Um, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it a lot. We let me ask you this: Would you say the adaptation uh, is as good as the boys? Ooh, that's a tough one because. We've had two seasons of the boys and yeah. um, the, I, I think, I think it's as, I want to say it's as good, but yeah. it's different because, you know, the boys is like ridiculous over the top. Like, yeah, I just mean like in terms of adaptation, taking a comic that was very successful in one medium and then adapting it to another medium, but like years down the road where obviously yeah. you have to make a few yeah. changes so yeah. that it makes sense. Cause the boys wouldn't have worked. No the boys from like the late nineties would not have worked now. I've, I've Just read like the entire the boys weird... run and like the yeah. first couple volumes, even actually most of the book was like very hard to read because it was like just, dated. What's that? It was dated, dated and like the language and like the, you know what they, it, it was like, Yeah. It had that like kind of. I just remember all the characters were had that kind of like industrial vibe that was big in the nineties. Yeah, you know. But it's. I think it's. I think it's on par. Um, you know, I'll be curious to kind of see where they go with season one, um, because it's sure. only you know it's only a ten episode show, and and I think we're about halfway through the season now. Um, but it's a it's a Hulu direct, so that you know there's cursing and all of that. Um, okay. So it's not. Uh, you know, it's not like filtered out filtered down or anything like that yeah ron let me ask you a question man because i i know that you you know you're like me 
you're a big fan. Like, actually, I should say both Brian and I, big fans of the indie stuff. Um, and you've seen indie markets come and go. When you think of when you think of those markets, what do you think is like the biggest reason why indie fades away? Like, you know, indie comics were really big in the nineties. Yeah. And then it, it, it kind of just faded out. It just didn't, or it just turned like corporate music, right? Or it turned corporate. Like, image, right. You right. Know? But a lot of them, a lot of it, you know, there were so many publishers like, you know, was it, was it kitchen sink press and all these oh, yeah. other, there's a bunch of black and white publishers out of like oh, yeah. Seattle and stuff that all just kind of faded away. Um, and late music labels and things like that. What do you uh, what do you think are some of the kind of downfalls of that? Because like right now, indies have been a big surge, right? With like the advent of like yeah. artists being to own their own work through Spotify or Kickstarter uh, or Substack, Road, those type of places. Yeah. Substack, yeah, yeah. I and it's always been kind of my personal opinion is that I, I can't speak for you know anything like the 90s and before i don't know what the independent world was like back then but it's it's technology yeah it's it's the way people used to be able to operate like you in the 90s you could be a band that was touring the united states if you sold 50,000 copies of your album on a long tour that's that's 500 grand in the 90s yeah. money like you could you could live off that plus there was other things happening and mm-hmm. you know you become a fad and labels would sign you same with movies you can make a film for you can be a kevin smith make a film for $37,000 and make 1.2 million and be fine then you come the time you lose the physical product becomes damn near worthless right. you're not buying nobody's buying CDs nobody's buying movies everybody's streaming everything well then you come to the digital era where like, hey, I can do it all myself. Yeah. I don't need a studio. And I know yeah. and we've we've come back around, I think, to that point with film and music that we're like, like, hey, just just be my own company. Yeah. I'm just gonna put stuff out. Like I I make it, I put it out. Comedian, like even like what would regularly be mid range comedians are putting out specials on YouTube right. for free. Getting four million, five million views. And then it's like, oh, all of a sudden Netflix wants to give me some money to do a special. Right. Like, yeah. So it comes down. I, th- I think a lot of it over at least the last thirty years is is technology. That oh, yeah. is changing changing the game. And it at first it was a downside, and then it becomes an upside. And in between there, you had, you know, Marvel, two thousand was it two thousand eight came out. All of a sudden they they got themselves back in the game. And it became this big thing where, like, oh, blockbusters are a They're back. are a thing again. Yeah. They're back, but you still now you have still have this this indie side that is still creeping its head out. So I'm not sure how uh, you know Disney's going to bring that down, but they'll figure <laughs> out a way. I know they will. Yeah, they will. Right. If I'm being <laughs> honest here, I I think that uh, you know the indie stuff. I don't know if we're going to see. I'll be curious to see when or if there's even going to be like a downturn just because of how easy Technology. it is, how easy it is it's, to do stuff like any asshole with like a this camera, podcast, right? like this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like 20 years ago, we would have had to be at a rate, like get a radio station to give us like a slot yeah. to do this. Yeah. yeah. We would have had to beg somebody or spend thousands of thousands of dollars 
have some type of setup in like say Bry's garage yep. with massive antennas coming out of his roof and then our range would still be like ten miles. The Olymp- yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The greater Olympia area. Greater area, you know. I've brought that up a lot in uh different uh interviews and stuff I've done about uh mostly a lot with comedy. Yeah. I, I really enjoy comedy, but the uh the oversaturation. Like is it good, is it bad? You know, and there's been takes on both. It's like, yeah, sure, there's ten thousand podcasts. But at least if you you know, you get creative enough, you don't need the entire world listening to you. You don't have to be Howard Stern. Right. You can, <laughs> you can get a good amount of listeners and do your thing and just literally make a living. Yeah. I, one even, of my favorite it, comedians is literally living off Patreon and uh advertisements. Wow. Like he's not a he's not a you know He's not a millionaire, but he that's sure. how he lives. He got to quit a call center job and just wow. do a just do a podcast once a week. He works two hours a week. That's, that's awesome. Like, it can it can be done. It yeah, it can happen. It, you know, on the, the you know, the plus side of there's a there's something the the great thing is is that there's gonna be something for everybody. You know what exactly. I mean? Yeah. Like these things that's get the so plus. so specific down to the minute thing like there's pod there's you know one of the podcasts i listen to you know shout out to turtle soup they do a very very specific podcast where they they go in chronological order and review every single thing the turtles have been in since the first comic of 1984 they're in like they've been doing this for almost 10 years and they're like in 95 or 96 or something like oh, that man. so you They're know, gonna be real depressed in about ten years when they get to those uh, Michael Bay movies. Late odd, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> hey, Listen. but they got a whole decade to prepare for it. Yeah, that was my favorite yeah. part of Drawing Blood was when uh, was when <laughs> he rips on those movies. It was the best. Yep. Was the Did best. he rip on those movies? Oh yeah, quite a bit. Yeah. Because well, <laughs> because awesome. they you know, the whole the whole bit in that book was like they paid that character they paid Shane Bookman who created the that version of the turtles um to uh basically hype the movie and uh he didn't he like said this is how it should be um which yeah. Eastman they paid him to hype the movie and he hyped the movie so i think there was like regret in yeah, that you know um, i, I don't know i didn't that. know much about it but that i kind of caught that yeah. i kind of guessed that yeah <laughs> Yeah, I remember when yeah, the first didn't one came they out. even change the origins of the turtles? Like, didn't they make them like space aliens or they some bullshit? Alien. Like that? No, the ooze was alien. The ooze oh, was alien. The okay. ooze is, and the and the ooze has always been alien, but okay, it was. I always thought it was made in a lab or something. No, no, it was it was an alien alien thing. Yeah, from the utrons, basically the krangs, the brains. But oh, um, okay, yeah, nerd, I know. nerd. I know that's why I would do this podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why we're all here. Oh man, uh, huh? I didn't know that about the. I didn't know. God, that would be so hard because you want to hype something that like you birthed. Yeah, you know, like and now it's older and matured as an adult, but you like hate the direction it's taking its life. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's almost like you're like you're you're like go get him, kid, and you're so, you're like oh god, my son, I hate his life decisions. <laughs> <You know? laughs> You know? I used to love. I used to love my son. Now he's an anti-vaxer. How do I? Uh, <laughs> yeah. How do I go yeah. on? Oh, right. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
But so I was going to say, I think it might be time, Bri, for, you know what? Something we haven't done in a long time. Are we going to, are we going to, are we going to do the question? The question. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Let's do the question. Okay, Ron. Wait, wait, don't don't we have like a little sound clip for that? No. We still don't? (laughs) God, we are, wow, six weeks off. You're back, baby. We're back. We're back. (laughs) We're back. Just disorganized as always. No, no. We're a lot, first of all, we're a lot more organized. That's true. Um, we got some cool shit coming out. Yeah, we got rad. some great stuff. Um, so you the question chose the perfect guest yeah. for your first one. <laughs> yeah, I think I, so. I think so, so much yeah, sarcasm man. thrown in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, the question goes like this: If you were given freedom to work on any project, any character, anything that you wanted to do, why are you giving me the finger? Um, what would it be? Just me scratching my eye. <laughs> <laughs> I did not mean to do that. Yeah, <laughs> any any property, anything, any. Yeah, what? what oh, would it's you write easy. On? Of course, I wrote this one. That puts uh, Fallout. Like, oh, the, the video games? game. Yeah, the video game. Very specifically cool. oh. Fallout Four, because oh. I am a goddamn nerd, but not a gamer. I've been playing Fallout Four for close to six years. Holy shit! That's awesome. I, I've been playing the exact same game. I played through it at least 16 times. I think I come up with, and and I do like the rest of the lore, like the the New Vegas and three and yeah, oh yeah. the Battle of Anchorage and all that kind of sh- stuff and like, but it's to me it's it's perfect. Like I, I mean, there's plenty of post-apocalyptic kind of shit, yeah. but I feel like especially Fallout Four in my opinion, which. Like I'm in like a dozen Fallout groups on Facebook and all this shit, and sure. you got your real, you got your people who really support Fallout Four, but then you got the majority of them that are like that are like 25 and played New Vegas when they were 13, so it's accordingly the the greatest game ever made. Yeah, <laughs> and it's fine, but really go back and look at it. But that's beyond the point. But yeah, it's the Fallout lore. I don't know how versed you guys are into I it or even care, Fallout, but. That's okay. So, have you, Tad? No, I had a copy of the very first Fallout, Fallout 1, for like PS2. Someone gave it to me because they didn't play it anymore. I never even popped it in the machine. We probably still have it in the living room, like in a case, just sitting there. I never popped it in, never played it. I'm going to take that from you and buy a PlayStation 2 just to try that. Uh, I have both that you could. Oh shit! Have. Oh, I <laughs> there it is. I'm, I'm coming up. It's uh, it's it's not that much. It's not that complicated of a universe, really. It's it's post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Uh, we went to war with the Chinese. We had a giant battle in our fair city here of Anchorage, that was that went nuts, and uh, and it's all about what happens after afterwards. Okay. And spe- specifically in Fallout 4, you're just a guy that you were a uh, veteran, and then you uh, you got out of the military. You're just living your normal suburban life, and then, boom, the bombs drop, and you go down into a vault that you think you're going to live in while the uh, nuclear apocalypse is happening. And then 
you wake up 200 years after being frozen, and within that 200 years, you saw your wife get murdered and a kid kidnapped. Uh, what? Yeah, Joe, but just put a split on that, too. You could also be uh, the female. You could be a woman and watch your husband. You know, it's all equal. But, uh, yeah, so then you, you see that, and you wake up, and your first thought when you wake up is uh, my uh, – I know that my spouse is dead and my child is lost somewhere out there. And then it goes some crazy turns. And I mean, you got Liam Neeson involved already. He's uh, he uh, <laughs> he's a narrator. The, the war never changes. <laughs> it's just great because anybody listening to this who already knows about it, I'm saying the most basic shit possible about this world. That's all right. But it's just the, the fans... Like digging deep and like I've had such great interactions and I did I did a shit ton of interviews with like uh, um, voiceover actors who worked oh, cool. on Fallout Four oh, and nice. Four and Three. They they tended to bring them a lot back, but wow! Like in all the stories I keep hearing about, like this this very specific fan base, like it, they're they're popular games, but there are people who hold on to it for years and. It's me being one of them. I've been playing the same game for six years because it's just therapy. I, I don't even that. really like video games. I just, I just play Fallout Four. Like I, it, I got onto yeah. it too early, and that's been the one that, like, hey, I got an hour where I don't want to think, and I just get on there and do that. That's awesome, so, man. And I've had so many. There's so already been so many, like fan theories thrown out there people making little web series but there i looked it up today i think there's one graphic novel out there somewhere about in there but nowhere else it hasn't been done oh really and i'm like it's so obvious i'm like it's been a i don't know if it's like bethesda studios like not wanting it to happen or something but it's, I'm surprised because like dark horse or somebody like that you that, i mean that's their game now like they yeah, do exactly they yeah. do video game adaptations or continuations or side stories or, yep. you know, whatever. And it feels like what we were talking about earlier. This may be one that, like, to think, oh, nobody, you know, nobody wants that. But, but just like the Turtles, there are diehard fans out there. They are yeah. all for this. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, God, that would be so great. I'm like, I'm not sure how I would really be able to <laughs> do anything with it. But I do have, you know, I have theories and. Yeah, it'd be All a cool thing to, up, to work on. I'm just on. a really big fan, and that's wow. it's a really good series. Fallout seventy six had a bad, uh, it had a bad introduction. No, everyone hated it, but apparently it's back on its feet now. And oh, nice. Okay, is I that might, the newer one? Yeah, yeah, it came out. Ago. Yeah, and it got shit on real hard, including by myself, because oh, wow. I I played it and I was like, I it's clunky, it didn't work, but. I keep. I'm hearing good things now, and I'm like, all right, maybe I'll get back into it once that's I'm done a, with my. That's what happened with twenty Cyberpunk, second playthrough. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I fucking love that game. So there you go. I would yeah, love all out in that world. Cyberpunk. Are you still playing Cyberpunk? Uh, I haven't played it for a while. I'm waiting because they're gonna do um, uh, a next gen release, so like a PS5 release okay. or a um, you know Xbox Series X because. I'm spoiled and I have both of those, but, uh, so I'm, so I'm waiting for Christ, them to do I've... the, to do the next gen update on it. And then I'm, then I'll play it again for like the third time. So let me ask you this, Ron, you're playing one of these interactive, like art, RPG games, right? 
Yep. And you're you're kind of years into it. Like it's considered, I guess, probably by the industry, an older game, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So what I always curious because I never got into that, right? Like as soon as it got beyond like just playing on the console where you're interacting with other people, I, that's when I was out. Like I was like, oh, that means I'm I gotta not. buy I gotta buy a new internet connection. Uh, for the house, uh, we're good. I don't need to play this anymore. Um, so my whole thing is like, uh, how how does that work? Is it harder to find more people that log on to the game, or they're just constantly? Because I always wonder, like, there's got to be some asshole out there that's still playing like Halo One and running around <laughs> the world, like looking for other people to to go against. You know what I mean? No, I, actually, uh, Fallout Four is is not a uh, it's not online. Oh, it's I'm not. Just, I, no, I'm just playing straight up story mode, but that wow. that's how it was with uh, 76, where I wish now that I had kind of stuck in 76 went that route. Yeah, they they went to that route and I started out like right from the beginning. And now I'm kind of like, wish I was that guy who's, who's still playing Halo one. Like I'm, I was like, I've been playing 76 since the beginning and it's yeah. good again. I wish I was still in there and I was all involved, but I, I quit pretty quickly now but now four is just a um just a regular one I, i'm too i can't do that i can't do that either like just like you i'm i'm out oh you guys yeah you I don't, guys want to hear something funny about that yeah yeah i do really <laughs> funny it better make i need to puke with laughter so i was uh, <laughs> i've been playing uh, the new nba game uh 2k22 on my ps5 where where jordan's probably better than um lebron I mean, that's just facts in general, yeah. but that's just known. <laughs> um, so I was playing online, and I was playing like a it was like a three-on-three game, and some guy on my team was like, hey, man, you probably shouldn't waste money on this game because you're terrible at it. Like, just <laughs> just spend your money somewhere else. And I just, started, I just started cracking up laughing. I'm like, dude, you made, you made my night, man. And he was like, I'm just trying to give you some financial advice, man. Stop wasting your money on these games. Like... <laughs> terrible adam (laughs) like one sense he's he's definitely burning you but another sense you're like well he's actually he's he's really helping me yeah he's being nice yeah i mean i I don't i play those games like you know people get like yeah super competitive i do it to zone out and have fun and oh my god i had a had a co-worker that made like thousands of dollars from that damn game doing tournaments yeah what oh yeah yeah you can you can make there's some a professional money from doing league. that there's a professional league where each so nba where team has a money? professional video game uh nba game team yeah yeah so were people like like were you entering tournaments and then yep. like you had to pay money and then winner of the tournament had, got, had to split the money up and all that kind of shit yeah yeah I had a, a guy uh, i knew he won i think he won like 1500 bucks from like just one night tournament because they won but yeah Split and that was split between five people or or three people, whatever the, however those Damn. they go. I don't know. It's wild, but, dude. Like they do, they do yeah. like drafts and everything. Like the pro teams, they yeah. like draft players. It's wild. I mean, I've I've heard that like that that is like can be a viable source of income oh, yeah. for a lot of people now. Where it's like, hey man, I gotta go to work, and their idea of going to their going to work for them is going in their bedroom, sitting at the foot of their bed, and playing video games uh, for. You know, eight hours that day. That's One of my buddies does it, and he makes enough money to live off of. 
Jesus get that Smash Bro money. Yeah. So how does that work? Like, what what is the? I'm curious as to. I mean, obviously, probably nobody knows, but what is the long term road for that? Like, your buddy's probably quit his job, right? Like, he's only doing this. He's probably making great money. What what happens when like that game it's, is no no longer viable? Does he have to find another game to transition into? Yeah, or a lot, of, a lot of guys will do like Call of Duty, like first person shooter type games. So even if you're transitioning yeah. into a new one, it's still pretty similar. Fair. Um, okay, similar gameplay, but like similar reaction. Yeah, I mean they stay on it because of like their personalities. You know, people like them, yeah. and so you you know you have like the people who watch you, and they'll like send you wow. tips and money and stuff and that's how you make your that's how you make a living i got a pitch this is this is what you do <laughs> i thought about you said doing that it. well there's a huge mistake that guy's already telling you yeah, don't that do I'm that, te- that I'm terrible. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're terrible no you get somebody who you know is going to be bad but will is open enough to it that's going to be get into it like your 75 year old grandmother and you sit her down and you have her play it but here's the she, say she's into it then you film her or like you know, get the so people can watch her play, and she's like, "I just slayed you, young man." There's you know, actually, uh, I'm sure uh, that's, if you go to that's Facebook, to happened, uh, right? there's a tactical grandma, and she plays oh, Call of Duty, <laughs> and but she's good. She like smokes. That's people. what I mean. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, we're yeah. Not the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> I wondered. Yeah, yeah. Or like you know, like she's telling somebody about like. Well, let me tell you, like, it's like, you're, you know, some old man and he's like giving people advice. Well, you know, when you find somebody special, you make sure, you know, it's, just, it's all about respect. And yeah. You never go to bed angry. And he's just giving like this, like terrible advice. Know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that terrible? <laughs> yeah. That kill was wetter than when I saw Kennedy in 1961 <laughs> and my panties couldn't handle it. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> oh you know, God. stuff like that. Such a handsome young man. Handsome. Exactly. Yeah, a Catholic uh, boy. Oh, that took a turn. But uh, yeah, what do you what do you say we hop into uh, into books? Ooh, yeah, yeah, man, let's do it. Did you guys? I well, Brian, we've had six weeks. Did you actually read some shit? I have, <laughs> I have some shit to talk about. So I read. I I re- actually read a few books. I was surprised. I thought I'd get through a ton, and I. But I got nice. And I read them this week yeah i i have been reading stuff but like nothing that i want to talk about except i got a couple of things that i want to talk about so okay. i uh i read some about an hour before we did this so okay join hit, in on this conversation hit us with it. what'd you read yeah oh okay oh me first yeah you're the guest uh, right ready for this uh so i got this this book it was a kickstarter from a long time ago uh it's called uh, odd tales from the curio shop Okay. From uh, Rocket Inc. Studios. Uh, there's some names in here. I, I was going to read some off, Tad, and see. I, yeah. I don't know how well you would. It's I very, very Andy. Uh, Bill Pavolsky, Tony Malo, Mikey Babinski, Casey Pierce. Uh, I don't know. But basically, mm. uh, the reason I got it, I could show you guys and I'll explain it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Brian O'Halloran of Clerks, the aforementioned Brian O'Halloran. He uh, lended himself as like uh, kind of the crypt keeper. Oh, for, that's uh, cool. For a uh, yes, yeah, an anthology of these horror stories. They're all a real interesting. Uh, came out a couple of years ago, I think 2019. Uh, yeah, I was. It was. It's cute. It's real, real low, real low budget. It's 
black and white. Uh, but I've been meaning to read it for about two years, and I finally actually got through most of it today. Nice. <laughs> because, so how was uh, it? Was it pretty it's, good? Yeah, it's very interesting. If you're into horror, it's it's interesting. It's very well written. It's very long-winded because it's okay. essentially uh, just Brian O'Halloran's character, who he, he – fun fact, he like lended his likeness to it for free. Oh, that's cool. like, oh, that's yeah, go he ahead. didn't charge any money or anything? No, no. He's like, yeah, go ahead. You can, I'm going to get sued by Bobby Lee next year, aren't I? Yeah, you will. Yeah. <laughs> Fucker. Just put in the beginning, said that it's all circumstantial. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then the next one other, one more. Wait, uh, so are you saying I get royalties from my from when I modeled for you? Oh, no. shit. Oh, Look at that. <laughs> you should. So you got was that actual ready. modeling job? He did. I had him lay down on the floor, and, get and then like his wife took pictures of him with like his mouth agape, like. Oh. I am. Uh, I am going to get in touch with your wife and get those fucking pictures. Yeah, I'll just send them to you, man. I don't <laughs> care. Yeah, they send them to me. I'm going to put them on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is my buddy Brian. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to be dead, but anyways, yeah. sorry. Continue. Uh, more probably more relevant. Anyone might actually know about uh, is uh, as as yeah, uh, Django Zorro. Have you heard of yeah. this one? Yeah, with Matt Wagner and yeah. Tarantino. The yeah, official I realize, sequel. I didn't realize they did a sequel to Django Unchained. Yeah, it's it's basically Django meets Zorro. And, t- and, and uh, Tarantino worked on it. Yeah, he he co-wrote it with Matt Wagner and. God, I'm going to say this name wrong. Esteve Poles. I don't know who that is. Can I see that? Can we see it? What has yeah, it look? yeah. Yeah. Okay. He, uh, apparently, it looks good. Apparently, he worked on a lot of uh, a lot of the Zorro books. Uh, he drew a lot of the books. Yeah. Just looking at, And I've started reading it, and it's, it's very terrible. dialogue-driven. Definitely. Stuff. I only got through a portion of it. Okay. I, you know, it, uh, Tarantino's a guy that I could actually see making the transition into comics. Like, obviously, you know, because he's got what one more film left, two more films left. So he's he going to do, and then he's done. So he says. I think yeah. he's going to we'll, stick to we'll it. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, he's got enough money. True. Buying movie theaters all over Los Angeles right now. Yeah, I mean, he never said he oh. he was going to stop writing. So. Yeah. I don't know. I could see him writing. Yeah, I got one more. I'm gonna throw out. It's uh, probably one of my favorite ones of all time. I'm gonna throw it up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this you is, uh, that? Oof. I'm Cra- sorry. Cratius, Cratius by yeah. by Todd Todd Galisha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really like this one. It's very beautiful. Not yeah. very well written, but uh, <laughs> it's very beautiful to look at. Yeah, there's I hear that the, guy's a weird. I, I've, I've worked with that guy before. He's yeah, I heard. Hack. Fucking hack. But no, honestly, I, uh, I've been enjoying going down to uh, the comic store in town and being like, yeah, yeah, I know that guy. I know that nice. guy. Nice. And then buying all your Buying all my <laughs> shit. Yeah, I think I got, there's that one too I didn't mention, but Bubba Hotel. Oh, I got the, Bubba. this was actually just been on my couch for months because I, really? I was reading it one night and nobody ever comes down here. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably because there's a copy of Bubba Hotep. Yeah, down there. that like, could no be. Down there. I don't blame like, him. Like, what the hell is that? <laughs> Dad's getting really weird down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. 
Nice. That was my cool, trying to con- contribute to this. Yeah, no, man. Those are, <laughs> I like uh, it. I'm, I'm curious. I kind of want to check out that Tarantino. Me too. Tarantino doing comics sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's it's so far. I only got into. I read uh, this is a full. Uh, this is all of it. But it yeah. was a, it was a, like a eight six episode six issue run, huh. and uh, it's really dialogue driven, but also like violent in that Tarantino movie kind of way. Nice. Okay. Like it just it just happens, and you're like, oh shit! You guys were just talking yeah. for like. 10 minutes <laughs> right oh, nice but you get the mix of the of Django uh with his guns and Zoro with the sword and all the those type of things very good even he calls it the uh, the official sequel to Django Unchained which what? is one of my favorite movies so so good I haven't seen it it's oh, worth man. a watch all right it's I mean one- he does one of the worst Australian accents ever in oh, film God. history but it's a good movie. Who needs to remember that? He was barely, he was barely a part of it. He didn't matter. <laughs> Brian, he just played you... a fucking idiot. So <laughs> pretty much, we sounded yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Brian, what'd you read, man? Yeah. So, like I said earlier, uh, I, I read the entire series of uh, Why the Last Man, and uh, how many it, books is that? It's sixty issues. Jesus. Okay, so it's, it's not, not. I mean, it's a lot. It's, it's not a, gig, It's not as massive as I thought. Yeah, it wasn't as big as I thought it was either. But uh, I really, I really dig that book. Um, obviously, some of the stuff is dated, but it's like an interesting, uh, really interesting play on on basically how men have ruined the world, essentially. Yeah. So, like, when all all of the men are dead, you know, there's this there's this really a uh, really powerful piece in there. And I hope they bring it to the show where they go. They're somewhere in the Midwest and they, and they come across uh Yorick and then uh, agent Three Fifty Five. They come across this uh, play company and uh, they're yeah. doing a play about the last man who was found. And then uh, they don't get to see the end of the play because something happens i think the amazons come in and and break it up but he are asked, they like the governing body the amazons no they're like a rogue faction who actually like cut one of their breasts off like the old school amazons did it um yeah and like wanna, trojan war style yeah want to destroy everything that had to do with men um oh Damn, and uh, I think they just showed up in the last episode briefly. So, so are they like tyrannical, or are yeah. they like? Oh, okay, so they're not good. No. Did you did you talk about this on the on the show like a while ago? I did not. No. Uh, there's it, there's I'm just having these weird flashbacks of you mentioning something that sounded similar that I kept meaning to ask you about. So oh, never mind. Forgive no. me. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe I did, but I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> Um, cause I read yeah. it probably four, three, four years ago, but, uh, so yeah, so they're, you know, this this play and this company, they wanted to do something powerful. So they wrote a thing about the last man and they don't get to see the ending. So then Yorick, who's in his gas mask, so no one can see that he's a man. He asked like, well, well, how did it end? You know, did they win? You know, did they, how did they fix society? How did the play end? And the playwright was like, well, he, uh, you know, in the end he, kills himself so the women can save the world and then you know he was like well that's a really shitty fucking ending and walks away like all depressed <laughs> but like i'm like man i hope they bring an element to that 
something along the lines of that into the show because I think that'd be really cool. Um, really cool to see. It ends pretty hokey. Like it gets real hokey into like, um, you know, cloning and, and all of that, all of that stuff in the end, um, that makes it kind of weird, but, um, it was still really, really well done. I was, I mean, like if that actually happened, yeah, I always assume, I just assumed that they would just be adventing like artificial insemination, like crazy, you know? Yeah. 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 That's fair. And then, um, The other the other book that I read, you know, because it's been since well before we took our six week break since the issue since the last issue <laughs> was uh, issue four of the last Ronin. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, how's that, man? Yeah, I, I miss this saga. It's fun, I'm man. It's hearing you talk about it. I'm not reading it, but yeah, you know, it's well, he only gets to talk about one issue every other every other every month. Every so. other yeah. months. Yeah, because <laughs> quarter, it's way. a quarterly my quarterly check-in i like it yeah your quarterly <laughs> check-in of the last ronin um it's it this was probably one of the better issues i think issue three was just a lot of uh you know a lot of talking heads but uh this issue they dive into like how splinter and donatello died you know they got uh you know they got massacred in japan by the foot clan and uh because S- splinter and donnie yeah, because Leo and Raph were already dead, and Ra- and Mikey was racing to find them, but he doesn't get there until it's too late. Oh, no. And um, again, I say this every time, but my favorite part of the book is just the difference, and maybe this is why it takes so long for them to get these out, is that they use three different artists for each... Uh, yeah, it's probably not. You're right, but... <laughs> They use three. <laughs> they use. Three. I worked on Bebop and Rocksteady, man, and that had like how many different artists? Yeah, but you know, so like all of the present day stuff is, uh, um, is done by the Escorza brothers, who are just amazing. They're so good. Um, and then uh, the past stuff is is done by uh, uh, Ben Bishop, which is which isn't bad. It's pretty. It's pretty good. And then, uh, and then my favorite is like the, uh, when, when you're hearing Mikey talk about kind of his, his journey of where he's been, that's all done in like black and white, quick and dirty, almost kind of layout esque by Eastman, Mm. which I think is really cool. cool. Like the three different, the three different aspects of it. And, um, you know, I, I, you know who's really good on that book is uh, Luis Delgado. Oh, he's the colorist. Dude, he is at a, a, awesome. He's so good. He's I I got I was lucky enough to get to work with him. He's out of Mexico City, and that guy not only is he just like super fast and professional, but he's just like man, he knows how to build atmosphere so well. Like and, I would love to work with him in a you know a and, second drop. And that. he can do it in, in the way that he does the colors. It's not just the art; the art itself that that you can tell that they're in a different timeline. It's the colors too, yeah. because you know he just has different, um, you know, different shading of the uh, atmosphere and the sky yeah. and all of the colors. You know, they're all shaded a little bit different per per timeline that you're on. And it's just really well. Oh, it's cool. a really well done book. I just again. Takes a long it, time to it, get it done. It, it, it takes a long time for it. Like, I, I wish I knew it's what five, that was actually going on. It's five why issues. It's so long. Yeah, it's five issues, 
And I get it. They're trying to stretch it out. They're stretching it out. And I think one of the reasons they're stretching it out is because they have, they do so many variants on it. So they want to make it feasible maybe for people to buy all of the different variants that they can. I don't know. But I don't think so. Cause like from a marketing standpoint, comic wise, that is like, isn't that death? That's a, yeah. I mean, you want to kill the series. Like, I mean, that first issue sold incredibly well and the half-life after that and that's like month to month. That was one of so, the. That was like the top selling. One of the top selling issues of the year last year was issue one. Like it sold yeah, so well. But people forget because so much stuff comes out. Like yeah. even like miss, like waiting two months for or three, three months yeah. for the, for the second issue to come out is like a death sentence. I can't imagine. I mean, I, maybe it's doing okay, but for. It could have been way more successful. I would imagine there was probably something going on with either the script or just in sure. terms of um, maybe things have to be double-checked. Um, maybe like the creators don't and the artists don't have final say. Maybe it has to go to some like overseeing body like sure. Nickelodeon or sure. someone else who's involved, and it's just taking them forever to get through the edits Yeah. Um, just because they're doing other stuff. I mean – I don't know, that's typically what happens with those books. The problem is, but then they blame the artist, they blame the writer, and for all we know, they're all their jobs are completely done. Right. You know, I would imagine this book's probably been done for months, and it's just yeah. sitting on. I know that. I know that issue one. Was, I know that they started with a different artist, and then he left the project. So then they redid the first issue. Um, oh, really? That see that that kind of stuff probably was a huge problem. Yeah. Yeah. And also. Um, I guarantee the. I mean, like, I know what the budgets are for those projects. Uh, just out of respect to the creators, I won't say what they are. Yeah. But I mean, if you're working on a high level book like that, yeah, you're probably going to get noticed and get offered better, like higher paying gigs. Right. So you're. I mean, you know, those contracts, you're not exactly locked in. You can leave whenever. Right. They don't care. They'll find someone to replace you like that. So. Uh, I imagine that's probably what's going on. Like, it's probably just there's some management stuff going on that's just making it like horrendous to try and get it out the door. And yeah. then like COVID and everything probably didn't help. I don't know. Yeah, it could be for sure. I'm glad I'm not dealing with it though. <laughs> Although they should let my man over here do a do a variant cover. That would have been. I tried. I know it's bullshit. I tried. I keep tweeting at yeah. them that they need to do it, but. I'll tell you who you should tweet, but not. I won't say. It okay. Now. All right. I'll say. <laughs> Done. I'll do it. Can too. I, can I interject here that like? Yeah. I just got lost and just. I thought I was just listening to the podcast. And then I, <laughs> at some point, I realized like, oh shit, I could interject right now. Yes, you anytime. can. Anytime. Yeah, because I'm again. I I'm such a fan that I'm like, oh yeah, this is. I do this all the time. I'm listening to these two talk about stuff. Bullshit. I may not know what I'm, what they're talking about, but I fucking love it. So thank you. Let's get throw a quick thank you in I there. Love it. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Oh. I was well, like, I, don't, I just do you have might, any theories on why it's no, delayed. Ab- absolutely not. No, <laughs> that's for you. You're supposed to tell me that. Yeah, sure. I'm here to have you tell me about comics. <laughs> that's fair. But uh, it, overall, <laughs> overall, the story's great. Art's yeah, it sound, sounds um, fascinating. And someday I'm I'm gonna read it. I bet Maybe. you I bet you they'll <laughs> when it's all said and done they'll have some really cool like if they do an artist edition on this I'll I'll buy it so fast 
But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I hope they do. Scenes. I hope they do. Yeah. But whatever. They get enough. And also, and also, can I get a, a quick bathroom break? Well, we're wrapping yeah. up right now, my man. Oh, uh, Tad, Tad, I want to hear what Tad wants to read for. Or read oh, yeah. First. Come all right, on. All right. It's been six weeks, but I, I remember actually, the format. I picked a book just for you, Ron, because I remember uh-huh. from our conversation, uh, you're going through young, young Cat Hill because, uh, you know, cats are such great uh, pets. Yeah. I picked a horror comedy book <laughs> by uh, uh, Junji Ito. He's like the king of horror in Japan. Like all of his manga books are all like he did like adaptations of all of H.P. Lovecraft's books and stuff. The guy's like he draws some super twisted stuff. And, you know, so anyways, he did a cat diary and it was called Yan and Moo. And uh, it's basically his wife who he draws somewhat demon-esque. Uh, bringing home two young cats and just his experience with them and like, you know, them just being weird and, you know, doing the things that cats do, but from like a horror perspective, like he writes it and draws it like if it was, you know, in a horror film or, you know, horror comic. (laughs) And uh, I got it over at Bosco's there in Anchorage and it wasn't that expensive, but like it was a quick read. I read it in a night, but dude, it's totally worth it. It, it's so it's good. Wrote it down. That's amazing. That is right up my alley. Yeah, yeah. And your your kids will probably. Really I'm becoming the cat guy. Yeah, I got. Yeah. Got all kinds of books about cats every year for my birthday. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's the way he draws some of the stuff. Like I, don't know, I can show you guys that part. Oh, like, that's, beautiful. That's him trying to get the cat to like him, you know, and the cat's like not interested. <laughs> And yeah, and his wife is like, I don't know. Oh, here, I don't know. You can see that. Yeah, beautiful. Look at that. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> here, kitty, kitty, and the, the cats are like, oh god. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that's right. What cats are taking. <laughs> and then uh, I think Bri read this too, but I uh, finally got the last issue of Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spencer or Spicer's be- run on Better Ray Bill. Oh, they did I'm not a four issue on it. Yeah. Yeah, they did a four issue miniseries for Marvel on Better Ray Bill, which Better Ray Bill is always one of those like super cool B-list characters that just, he never got like his due. Right. And, uh, oh man. I mean, we had Daniel on the show right before we did the revamp. And I mean, we knew it was going to be awesome, but fuck, it's so good. Like I don't really get into superhero stuff anymore, but I highly recommend it. Like even my father-in-law read it and was like, okay, that was pretty rad. You know, yeah, that's become a name that I'm like, oh, I know that name. Probably yeah. mostly from you guys. I'm like, hey, I know that guy. Yeah, I'm starting yeah. To, I'm learning so much. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, it, it it's worth getting. I mean, like, I think the fifth issue probably came out like a month ago or so. So I imagine the collection will probably be dropping in time for Christmas. Oh, no doubt. But, yeah, uh, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, I really, I really liked it. I thought it was really, really well done. I wish Marvel did more stuff like that with characters. Maybe they like, will. That, yeah, I hope yeah. so. Break from the continuity or even like have it just as a side story from the continuity. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. That's one thing that always bothers me is like, you know, you have these characters that have been around for a long time. Why not do do? I mean, they do occasionally mini series with like Wolverine, but like not. Why not do like stuff with some of the more obscure characters that are very cool? Yeah. Could be very cool. You know. But yeah, that's pretty much it, man. That's uh, I've been just. 
I've got I've been, I'm trying to finish up some old kids gigs because I've got some new gigs that are coming up that fuck if they hit if they take off oh it's gonna be so crazy I can't <laughs> wait I right. can't wait one of them's like a year out but oh I know I can't the because you're talking about I'm pretty excited well you it. know a little bit of it but yeah. I can't could only tell you so much because of the paperwork I had to sign but oh man it's gonna be so cool so I'm excited yeah. I am excited right my ass. Let's put it that way. Right Hell now. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, all right. Well, I'm going to take it home. Take it, take it home. home. Get us out of here. We got to take a piss. Yeah. So here's the deal, <laughs> Tiger Cubs. We are on an all new platform now. It's called Substack. And uh, from there, you'll be able to access all of our episodes. Uh, if we want to post blogs or write anything on there, um, you'll be able to access it there. But what we need you to do is we need you to go to bluetigerrevenge.substack.com and subscribe uh, to the uh, to the Substack. You'll get the episodes directly embedded into your brain from there. When we do Operation Blue, um, the pages will all be available on Substack. That's where we're going to be doing that as well. Um, so everything everything Blue Tiger related is all going to be running through Substack. Uh, there'll be links up there for our T-shirts off of tpublic.com. Uh, there'll be links to uh, Narpig as well through right. tadgalusha.com. That'll be up there. And the new imprint. The new imprint and official sponsor of uh, the Blue Tiger Revenge podcast. And uh, yeah, so go go there and uh, subscribe. Subscribe to the Substack. Hit us up. Uh, hit us up on there too. You can comment. You can do anything you want on there. You can really interact so uh, it's a it's a really awesome new platform. Uh, we're excited to be on there. So uh, check us out. And then uh, finally, uh, Mr. Ron Trembeth, thank you, sir, for uh, for relaunching the show with us, dude. Being our guest on the relaunch. Oh God, thank you. I uh, I'm so happy you didn't tell me it was a relaunch. I'd have <laughs> yeah. been nervous as shit. Yeah. So where can uh, where I, can people find you at? Where can they find your uh, your work? Um, uh, can go to uh, moviehole.net and uh, I think it's uh, scaremag.org. It's or if you just look up Scare Magazine, it's the only one. And uh, I'm on the uh, on the old socials. I still mess around with Twitter, even though I shouldn't. But it's uh, at Ron Trembath across all platforms. You'll find me. There aren't very. There's no no other. Just you. So. Uh, yeah, but uh, mainly Movie Hole and uh, Scare Mag. Trainwreck Society is still up there. I'm very proud of what we did over there. And uh, thank you, uh, past Trainwreck guest Tab Galusha and uh, uh, contributor Brian Bales for being on it. So you can always go and check that out as well. Awesome. And but, uh, uh, if you want to uh, send me a message of the links to your yeah. to the movie hole and stuff uh i will throw that into the description so people can find it thank you sir it's been an honor to be here awesome well that is all i have tad do you have anything else oh man these tiger teats are fresh out of hot steamy milk take us home big bry well if that's the case what time I got it? to see your face when you do that. Hit the music.